can sing songs. We can sing songs. We can. You pick one. Should we not? What? <laughs> the listeners are here. Because there's a... We're doing a Frithcast, aren't we? We are. I've been attacked twice in ten minutes. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The shade. I don't mean to shade you. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? Is it a verb? Do you shade someone? You can shade somebody. Yeah? Yeah. I know you can participate in actively using shade, but I didn't realise you could shade someone. Well, an object can shade something, can't it? Yeah, the tree, no, the trees, I mean, the like trees in the whole kind of oh, I love you in that shirt. It's yeah, no, I know what you mean. You... Worn it kind of shade. You know. <laughs> You're talking about casting shade on somebody, but it's the same. You know, it's it it, it it's the same word. It's the same verb. Spell casting. Spell casting. S H A D E D E. Boom. Yeah, you see go. that kind of shade I can cast. That was nightmare. I could totally do that. That was nightmare. It was. I remember nightmare. Yeah. Should we? Would we better do a frith cast? Possibly. Okay. We could do that. Because you mean, want you we want. Can, it's step. Well, you wanted to talk about stuff, didn't you? Yeah, but you know, we get to talk about stuff all the time. So well, this it's is all true. Good. But we don't always get the lovely listeners listening to us. <gasps> Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Hi. How we are didn't you? see you there in the shade of the campfire. See what I did there? <laughs> yes, the camp. Yes, the trees are shading the clearing. You see, shade. Yes. So it's a verb. Trees. Yeah. Clearing. The trees are doing it. No, not Yas Queen kind of shade is the shade I'm thinking of, and I'm not sure you can like we- weaponify. Weaponify that? Weaponify- well, I guess the whole idea is to weaponify that. No, you can't weaponify actual shade. Are you going to say you can't weaponify actual shade? I think the clan La Sombra would probably like a word with you on that yeah, one. Yeah, and there's, there might be some Spartans that might have some difficulties in weaponized oh, yes. shade as well. Okay, coming out of the weaponized shade. Indeed, yes. Okay, because I just, yeah, no, need to... brain for a minute because it's gone all sideways would you like me please yeah yeah lovely listeners hello welcome to frithcast episode 93 this is i'm kate i'm the one who doesn't really do frithcast i just kind of like sit here and and make a noise all over it my i would love to introduce my lovely wife suzanne suzanne would you like to introduce yourself to the lovely listeners hello lovely listeners my brain has stalled a wee bit so i'm letting kate <laughs> handle the introductions for this one because i'm still with the weaponized and the shade and yeah oh, the whole 300 um, being the gayest thing i've ever seen two man luge it's just i need to come out of this and i've got a break lane and i'll be there in a minute please listen to kate in the meantime um uh, uh, suzanne is a um is a heathen who knows stuff about heathenry and all sorts of other things actually she's quite a mine of information to be honest but this is why we do the frith cast you probably i mean if you've been here before brilliant you know what we're all about if you've not 
then welcome aboard. Welcome to our virtual campfire around the clearing. Um, so if you can sort of like shuffle yourselves to the fire as close as you can, obviously making allowances for social distancing because it's still a thing. Yeah. Um, warm knees, but not singed knees. Please. Warm knees, not singed knees, and make sure. One of sure the regulars will show you where the biscuit box is. The, bis- and, the biscuit box. Yeah, you grab the a biscuit barrel. Yeah, grab a coffee, grab a tea, grab a tea, grab a drink of choice. Drink of whatever you like, really. There's a there's a little there's a little mini bar. Steady. It's not so mini actually. No. It's quite an enormous bar Lush. to tell you the truth. Well, I do my best. <laughs> um, anyway, tonight. Um, you join us around the clearing for episode 93 of Frithcast, wherein uh, we are going to be discussing... Suzanne? We're not going to be discussing Suzanne. What? I mean, we could. I feel seen. <laughs> what were we going to talk about Attacked. tonight? <laughs> Three times. Unseen. Unseen. What were we going to talk about tonight? Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome around the virtual campfire Today's episode, up here in the Northern Hemisphere, because I'm very mindful that for heathens in the Southern Hemisphere, things are doing a whole different kind of thing. Just but up hurtling here, into summer. In the Northern Hemisphere, we are now at the end of October, so things are getting decidedly chilly. They are. We're starting to have occasional frosts. We've got a whole kind of leaf thing going on. We've got grey squirrels doing their grey squirrel thing. Nuts. Yes. One of them charged me at work the other day, which was quite cool. Oh, until awesome. I realised it was still charging towards me. And I'm like, this <laughs> it's really coming for me. This is now. I'm just going to stand here. Grey squirrels carrying their nuts around. Yeah. I hope it doesn't run up my leg and yeah. start trying to, you know, put it down my jumper. It was There were, there were visions going on in my brain. It, it was bad. bad. So we thought we would look... In this episode, episode 93, how have we been doing this 93 episode oh, and not been carted it. off already? Tell me about it. 93 episodes of Queer Geek Heathenry yeah. are here for your delectation. <laughs> I thought we would talk today about the pursuits that, the more intellectual pursuits that Vikings and Norse peoples did, especially during the winter months. Yeah. Whereas the summer, it's time to go out, you know, you, you ready your shield, you ready your sword, You maybe you go out across the raids for the season, maybe then in autumn time you start bringing back boxes of shinies, and once they're all kind of like you've had your big celebratory feast and everybody's settled back in, the fields are already done for the year, so there's no, like, farming to be doing, there's the maintenance of your property to be doing, but what else do you do how do you keep your mind sharp over the winter for the military campaigns that are potentially going to go ahead in the next few years okay so go on i'm guessing like probably not empire total war no though that would have been quite cool something something by creative assembly yeah uh, i like the rome ones See, I'm thinking land networks and it's, yeah, my brain is just in a cup. Either I need too much coffee or I've not had enough and I can't work out which one of the two it is. Mm. Or uh, what's the, um, what were the ones that Paradox did? There was the, there was the Victorian one. Oh, Im- 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 Imperium something or other. No, I don't remember those. I don't know. But anyway, there was there was the paradox did some some um, yeah strat- uh, a lot, they do a lot of good strategy games. But anyway, I'm, in any case, I'm guessing 
Uh, oh, by the way, we're not being sponsored by Paradox. That was just, I, I like strategy games, that's all. Um, yeah, I've just got visions in my head of like the Earls of Orkney, like landing Guild Wars 2, and it's oh, just how a bit cool would mad, that be? but also good. But how do you keep your brain in that kind of strategy mode where you're not able to practice your fighting skills, you're not able to go outside and do your summer games, you can't do your races, you can't do your wrestling, you can't do... You're kind of your your mock fighting. You can't do your training or your drilling. You, you your equipment's all mended and away for the year. So how do you keep your brain sharp for the next season? Risk. Yeah, monopoly. Monopoly. I'll be the boot. Do not pass Coppergate. Do not collect <laughs> two hundred. I don't know what they would have used. Two hundred. You'd something. have like a little. You'd have like a little long ship. Yeah. You'd have like a little helmet. Without horns on it. Yeah. You'd have little a little shield. You'd have a little shield as one of the tokens. Little spindle. You'd have a boot. Because you've got to have a boot. You've always got to have a boot. I mean, to be honest, I'd want an iron as well. Did they have an iron? They, just, they had irons, did they? No. Yeah. They did have, like, there's potential that the the scar boat burial has a whalebone plaque, which was potentially a, a board for putting linen on and then you would rub it with a stone to rub all the creases out okay. i think that's about as close as we got to an iron cool well um there's actually loads of little pe- little monopoly pieces that have been come and gone over the years yeah yeah there used to be a little scotty dog there is i don't, yeah. I don't know whether there is any top hat if you look on i think on wikipedia it says what pieces are current and what, yeah. what were used between certain times and stuff but they keep swapping them in and out anyway i know um, i wouldn't like <laughs> 10th century Norse Monopoly that would be so cool as, as fascinating as this is okay fine um. <laughs> but you're kind of in the right area with the thought about board games we're talking board games we're talking board games and yes you can go and hear sagas being done yes you can spend the night mending chainmail but to be fair chainmail is like dwarf bread and anything you can do to not mend it that would be great because you're really not that desperate it's for like, work. It's like the job that makes you do all the other jobs oh, just gosh, in order that yes. you don't have to do that job. The blisters from Chainmail, <laughs> mate. Oh, my God. No. Um, so, yes, board games. Less blisters, more fun. Now, I believe, from what I am given to understand... That children are our future? I believe that for every drop of rain that falls... <gasps> My um, God, you're good. Someone gets wet. Um, <laughs> thank you, Goon Show. Um, <laughs> thank you, Wallace Greenslade. <laughs> Greenslade. Now, I believe that the Vikings, the Vikings, I say the Vikings, the Norse people. Yes. Had a, a particular game that was quite popular with them, with, yes. their, with their society. Yeah, board game, yes. And... If it's all right with you, mm. I would like the dubious honour of trying to pronounce it. And take us on a journey. <laughs> a strange journey. Point to me. A strange journey. How strange? Very, Very strange. strange. <laughs> okay, all we've got to do is get a Trekker or Wars quote in and we've got this episode nailed now. We've got everything <laughs> else in here already. Absolutely nailed, haven't we? Absolutely nailed everything. So, um, I, I would like the honour of trying to pronounce the game. Go on. And it means King's Table? 
Was, did you, was it yeah. something table? Yes, yeah, King's Table is, is a good translation for the word, yeah. The word is, and it's got a <gasps> on the front. Yeah. Which is why I might have some problems. The word is <laughs> nefertafel. <laughs> yes, do that again, that was funny. <laughs> nefertafel. <laughs> I don't know, it's got an H and an N at the beginning. How do you do that? H-N-E. Yes. F. Yes. Now, if A. you pronounce the F's as V's, you're probably closer. Never towel. He never towel. 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 Oh, right now. Towel. Like towel. Yes. I know this because Welsh. No, there's a town called, and it's spelt T O R S. Okay. H A V N. Okay. But I know that you don't pronounce the V. You pronounce it as a U instead. Okay. So it's Tors... Tors... Torsan? Torsan? Okay. Something like that. I don't... Yeah. I'm trying to think. It's in... Is it Norway? Oh, no. There's a whole lot of places in Norway I oh, can't Denmark. pronounce, to be fair. It's a, it's a Scandinavian country, and I can't... <clears throat> and, and all I remember is reading that you don't pronounce the V. It's a U instead. Mm. Which is fine with me, because I, I sort of... Because... You know, as a as you know, I've always been interested in Rome and with the U's and the V's and the W's and and the Romans didn't have Latin. a W yeah. and U and V were the same. Mm. So I can kind of get into that. We kind of go for that. So tell me again, how do you, how do we pronounce it? I think it's Heneva Tavel. Okay, but I'm probably going to get skinned by somebody that can pronounce <laughs> it properly. <laughs> All right. Well, it's often known as Tafel. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. I in was going to say I, I, I often hear it referred to as Tafel. So let's call it Tafel. Okay. So because it's easier. Tafel. Yeah. Board game. Yes. So you need a board, and yeah. you need a generally a pre-agreed number of pieces to play the game. Indeed. Now it's a a game where you have yourself and an opponent. Mm-hmm. So you are pitted against their skill level yeah. and they are moving their pieces and you are moving your pieces and you're trying to out with each other on the board yeah so it's known as a chase game because your idea is to capture one side has a king piece mm -hmm. and a number of pieces and the other side has a number of pieces so the attackers have to attack and capture or kill the king that's right so it's not like chess where it's you not have like chess um, chess is a battle game on a, on a, chess, a chase game yeah on a chess board you line up your opposing armies at each end of the board mm. dive into the middle there's a huge melee everybody dies yeah and then the computer and then the computer mosh pit and then the computer <laughs> says stalemate and you're like, wait, no, no, not stalemate. Absence <laughs> of stalemate. Win, win for me, please. Win, win for me. Yeah, but the uh, <clears throat> Tafel is a different layout. It's a square board, yes, uh, like chess. But it's in instead of being everybody lined up at each end, you have the defenders in a diamond shape in the middle with the king in the centre. Yes, yeah. and you have the attackers in row, sort of um, like four small groups, one on each side. Yeah, don't you? so they're on the edges of the board. Mm. Uh, arrayed in a in a kind of a square formation around the defenders. Yes. So. Yeah. So there are generally in piece in sets now you will generally find about thirty seven pieces. Okay. You will find you've got one king piece which belongs to one side, so the other side doesn't have a king piece. No. 
Generally in Tafel, the sides are uneven, so there are 12 defenders and 24 attackers. Okay. Whereas in chess, you have even Everybody's sets. the same. Got the same number of pieces, the same type of pieces. Yep. Yeah. Now with Tafel, you have a board of uneven squares. So you either have boards of 7 squares or 11 squares or 13 squares. Mm -hmm. Chess boards, it's 8. Yeah. And it's a set size. Yeah. So sometimes when you're very lucky and you find a gaming board in the archaeological record, of which there are several, mm -hmm. you can tell what game, even if it's a number of squares that have been carved into it or incised into the wood itself, yeah. you can tell what kind of game would have been played on there because if it's even squares, it's likely to be chess. If it's odd squares, it's likely to be tafel. Ah. Squares per side. Clever. So chess is 8 by 8, 64 squares. Yeah, yeah. Whereas tafel is always an odd number of squares. Okay. So 7, 11, 13. I'm going to take a sidestep, all right? So park all the stuff we've figured out about tafel and chess and how they're slightly different. Okay. I'm going to take a sidestep into Sweden in 1732, okay? That's not... That's kind of a Doctor Who. That's a TARDIS sidestep, isn't it? Yes. Okay, fair enough. We, we can, can do totally do that. We can do time travel. 1732. Yeah. You've got a Swedish botanist called Linnaeus. Just after half past five. Sorry, I had to. Go on, Linnaeus. You did not. I had to. Um, <laughs> Woman! Cannot take you anywhere. 1732. The year. The Thank year. you very much. Anno Domini. Domini, I suppose. 1732. Yeah. BC, whatever it is. Okay. BCE. All of that. CE. Yeah, that. Yeah. Whichever. 1732 BCE. Well, BCE would be... B Basically, the common era system is essentially just the Anno Domini system, but with the religion taken out of it. Yeah. But it's exactly the same. It's 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 That's still, good, it's still the number confused. of years since Christ was supposedly born. So I would have got confused yeah. and everything's fine. So Linnaeus. Linnaeus. Swedish botanist. Yes. He gets very <clears throat> excited because he's going to go on a a botanical expedition to northern Sweden, to the Lap, the the lands of the Lap people. Yeah. The lands of the Lap and the Sami. And while he's up there, he sees them playing a game that they call Tablut. Tablut, okay. On a board game. And it's got a set of attackers and a set of defenders. Not to be confused with... The tablet that you get in Scotland, which is really nice. Yeah. No, not that kind of tablet. Okay. Or the the big one with all the languages written on it that basically says, keep your mitts off, do not go past this line. Yeah, no, not that. Not either. that one. Okay. Monopoly board, Rosetta Stone. No, not <laughs> that one. So he sees them playing a very popular game that they call Tablut. Okay. And he's got no translator with him. Hmm. So he can't ask anybody what the rules of this game are. Okay. So he sits there and watches them play. Mm. And he watches over and over and over and over and over until he starts figuring out what the rules of this game are. Wow. And he writes them down. Okay. Now, bearing in mind this is 1732, so this is some substantial time mm. since Vikings, Norse peoples, 7th to... 10th century you've got a phenomenal amount of time between that and him poddling north in 1732 yeah but he starts figuring out what the rules are yeah and writing them down he's got no translator mm -hmm. 
He's got nobody he can check with to see whether he's actually understanding these rules right. Okay. Or whether his interpretation of watching them play, whether he's watching general rules being played, whether he's watching local rules being played, whether he's watching the fact that the two people have agreed a set of rules between them just for that match. Yeah. Or they've got a general set and then they've added some twinkly bits on the end. Yeah. He's got nothing. He's just watching this game being played by lots and lots of different people. This is a big popular game for them, so he sees it all over the place when he's going up there for this survey. All right. And he writes down what he thinks are the rules. Okay. And his set of observations is then translated into English in 1811. All right. So it's nearly a century later. That's I was going to say that's quite a that's they, quite a distance, they translate, isn't it? And it's after that point that some clever bod comes along and realizes that what he's talking about is Tafel. Okay. That he's seen the Laplanders play in the 1700s mm. in northern the, the far reaches of northern Sweden. They are still playing this board game. Mm. But what rules that he's seen. And what rules that the 10th century used to use? Yeah. Not a clue. That's quite. It's a heck of a disconnect, and it's the only thing we've got as to the rules of how this actually works. Because, I mean, I'm reasonably familiar with chess. Yeah. But, I mean, chess has been, to my knowledge, I mean, chess has been fairly constantly played and published and written about. You imagine watching a game of Monopoly and having no idea of what the rules are. Oh, crikey. How would you even do that? <laughs> how do you even how do I you mean, even I mean to be honest, start? I struggle with what the rules of Monopoly are. <laughs> yeah. But how do you even start like figuring out aside from the fact there's a dice bit, but then suddenly people are handing each other money and cards and there's all sorts of extra rules and things get into place and then they end on a corner piece and they don't go any further. It's like, how do you even understand that without understanding the rules? If you can't translate words, if you can't translate the language, how do you play Flux? Oh. <laughs> Cough. Cards against humanity. Cough. Oh, no. yes. um, so, lunch money. Anything that there's gotha than thou. Any of Goth those card thou. games. How do you start understanding Munchkin! Munchkin. <laughs> Okay, take a breath. Okay. So he basically wrote what he thought were the rules to this game. Mm. And they're translated into English in 1811. And those rules that are translated into English, they've got a lot of mistakes in them when he first translates them. Because, of course, he's got no translator. He's got yeah. nobody telling him what these rules are. Yeah, he's got to so, essentially make them up, but yeah. from observation. So... The modern rules to the game of Tafel that we have now are mm -hmm. based on his observations of Lapish and Sami people playing the game in the 1700s. So in other words, the rules that we operate on when we play Tafel now could well be absolute bollocks. Oh, just <laughs> cheerful, total, what's it? But people take it very seriously and there are a couple of championships that still play oh, wow. Tafel. Okay. But the the rules, there's no saga or there's no document from that age that mentions what the rules of this game are. Okay. But we do have some clues. We have... Uh, there's a clue in the Orkneyinger saga where 
Jarl Roggenwald. Mm. How you fit that onto a business card when you're drunk, I do not know. <laughs> but he boasts uh, that he has mastered the nine skills that noble people need to have mastered. Okay. And in there is a reference to Tafel. All right. But there is some argument about whether he means Tafel as in King's Table, or whether he means Tafel as in chess, or whether he means Tafel as a general word meaning board games. I can, I've mastered strategy games that you okay. play on a board. So he literally just says Tafel? He literally just says Tafel. Oh. Table. Okay. I have mastered Table. Literally translated. But I mean, does he mean but, games at all? I mean, yeah. he might. He might mean you know being being diplomatic at a at a banquet or something. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the the general understanding is that when he's talking, he's mastered the the skills of leadership. He's mastered all of the the skills that he would need to be a successful leader. And top of his list, mm. I have mastered tafel strategy. I have mastered strategy. Yeah, I can play strategy. I can play either King's Table or I can play chess or it's I can play board games. And some people take the translation that what he means is chess. Mm. Some people take the translation that what he means is I can I've done board games in general. Okay. So I've mastered strategy games like a nobleman would. Yeah. And this link with nobility, this link with what you might term the warrior elite, those with all the shiny bling in graves, is hugely evident. And the other big strong link that you have is in, is it Hevermar's saga? And there is, it's a riddle saga, like a riddle and answer yeah. saga. So somebody has changed charge to a game of riddles. Okay. And the the chap who is the, the challenger who is challenging, it's thought to be a disguise of Odin. Oh, okay. And you get these sometimes in the sagas where they basically give you uh, a riddle and an answer, and it's a way of delivering information about society or um, social graces. Yep. And he has riddles in that exchange of riddles and answers that directly relate to King's Table, to Tafel. Okay. Like, you know, I see white and they do this, but red does that. Yeah. So you're looking at two sides on the gaming board. Right. And so his riddles are about tuffle, about this king's table, about the game. Okay. So you've got the link to nobility there because the Allfather is closely linked with the elite warrior, the yeah. noble, the Jarls, the ruling group. And he's talking about this strategy game. Now, if you think back to that society, if you are a farmer, you're going to be spending 12, 15 hours a day doing your farming. Yeah. You're not going to have time to learn a strategy game and have food on your table. Yeah. So the ones who can are the warrior elite. Mm. They're the ones who have this movable wealth. They're the ones who can command and say, right, you give me your allegiance and some of your food, I will make sure you are looked after. Therefore, I have the time to learn games of strategy, to learn musical instruments, to learn horse riding, to learn wrestling. It's odd though, isn't it? And 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 maybe I'm venturing in too far into um, sort of political places we probably shouldn't go. But it is interesting, isn't it? When you describe it like that, this sort of division of labour, I suppose, between 
the people who provide the food mm. and the people who provide the protection for the people who provide the food. Yeah, in a way, yes. I suppose you could look at it that way. It's, yeah. it's essentially it. You it kind of when it when you describe it like that, or you think about it like that, you sort of think this should be a symbiotic relationship. They both depend on each other. Yes. The farmers could farm for themselves without the protection of a of, of an army of sorts mm. of warriors. But then any bunch of warriors, you know, as Ian McShane found in, in Game of Thrones, you know, any, mm. any, any bunch of farmers that just gets together and says, well, we're not going to do anything military. We're not going to do fighting. We're not going to do... We have no the warriors, protection of a great arts. house. We are just going to be in We don't need that because we're going to be nice to people. Mm. And then everybody around, the, around them who, who does have warriors goes, well, we're not going to be nice to you. So give us all the food and give us all your shinies. Yep. And yep. So you have to have... I mean, you know, you can be as pacifistic as you like, but you you would have to have some kind of means of defending yourself. So you have, whether it's professional soldiers, but you have people who can devote more time to the warrior skills. The learning those arts, yeah, to learn, but to get the, the physical strength and maintain it to wear armour. Yeah. I won chainmail. It's really, really heavy. Yeah. It's not. It's a huge status symbol. It's incredibly time-consuming to make, yeah. and then to have it fitted to you individually, and then to learn to train in it and wear it, going through those skills. I mean, armor now, you know that that soldiers have to wear, that that police officers have to wear. Yeah, you know, armor now is not light. No, this is the best we've got. And this is this like is the best we've got. Years that's, on, it's still that's, heavy. You know, flexible and lightweight and 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 and, and so on. And it's still, uh, you know, I would I wouldn't be able to to spend, you know, days on end. In it, sleeping wearing, in it, wearing, wearing it, carrying yeah. all that equipment and so forth. You know, so yeah, so you've got this 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 group who are protecting the people who are providing the food. Mm. And without the people who are providing the food, that group wouldn't have any food and they'd die. Yeah. So it's like you, it naturally sort of makes you think, well, it should be a kind of an equal balance. They're both equally valuable. Yeah, you throw mm. craftsmen into that mix as well and it gets a little bit more complicated. But you end up with this sort of sense of elite being the, the you know, the, the I mean, we talk about um, the uh, Burka grave. Mm. BJ five eight one. We're going to touch on that later. I will. I will. Yeah. I will touch on it very, only briefly now, then, because we say, well, we look at it and we go, okay, because there was a tafel board in there. Mm. Yeah. Therefore, this person was one of the high ranking. Yeah, and you find them in, in high in these high ranking graves. You'll find tafel pieces. You mm. may not find the board anymore, mm. but you'll find the pieces. Yeah. So yeah, the. They're mentioned a few times in the sagas that they are games that people play. And there are, I think, if memory serves, and I can't remember which saga it's from, which is not helpful. But there is an instance where two men are sat very close together and they've balanced the board across their knees. Okay. And then there's an argument that develops during play and one of them stands up and these pieces just go everywhere and ah. the board goes everywhere. And it's... I mean, Keith having tantrums <laughs> again. You know what he's like. <laughs> so, so there's lots and lots of these gaming pieces or, or things that have been interpreted as gaming pieces, especially yeah. when you find a single piece. It can be quite a tricky thing. But if you imagine two guys and one of them's just thrown the board and the pieces up in the air and one piece has just gone flying off. Oh, mate! You've lost it. Can you just calm down? Um... Yeah, lost all my bits again. <laughs> so... Yeah, you're right. There is 
aboard at BJ581, mm. there is at Gokstad, the ship. Yes. That ship. There is a board carve it. There is a board there, and there was a single piece found there as well. So somebody lost a piece for their set, which must have made them very grumpy. Yeah. You've got 22 pieces of a gaming set found at Orkney, which oh, wow. have been interpreted as a tafel set. Okay. You've got a king piece that was found at Lindisfarne. Oh, wow. Uh, you've got boards that are found at Bergen, which is a big trading centre. Yeah. There's uh, an image, you know, like where I said there was a saga where two guys had balanced the board across their yeah, knees. Yeah, they yeah. sat opposite each other and they put the board across their knees and they're playing. Yeah. There's the Okbo runestone shows exactly that. Two okay. guys sat opposite each other. And instead of the, the, the guys are almost in profile. Yeah. But instead of the board being profile, because that would just be a line, they've actually tipped the board up so you can see that it's got these gaming pieces on it. Nice. At Baldersheimer in Norway, there are 24 ivory pieces and a king were found. Wow. Uh, Balakineel, it's antler pieces. There's 14 of them found there. Yeah. Bordzi is a jet, a piece made out of Whitby jet. And there's only one place you can get jet in England, and that's at Whitby. Okay. So they've got a single tafel piece made out of jet. And whether that's the king piece to a set or whether it's just one of the general pieces, we don't, we don't know. Mm. We've not got the rest of the set there. Uh, Berka in grave 60... Berka has... There's a whole litany of pieces and boards yeah. that are found <laughs> at Berka. And these... Sometimes the pieces are like... The, they're like the attacker and defender pieces, so they're, they're not the king piece. No. But they're like the the main playing pieces for the game. These are like little globe pieces made out of bone and they're lathe turned okay. bone pieces. There's 27 of them, so there's nearly a full set. Wow. At Berker Grave 886, 25 bone pieces. Mm -hmm. At Grave 710, there's eight glass pieces. 750, there's 25 glass pieces. 523, there's 20 glass pieces. 581! Yes! Yay! There's 28 pieces made out of bone in that grave, okay. plus a board. Grave 986 has pieces made out of elk horn. Wow. 16 pieces made out of elk horn. There's pieces made out of amber in grave 524. And at Bursay, yeah. you know where Bursay is? I do. Yep. Yeah. So there's a whalebone board found up at Bursay. Wow. For taffel we know that because of the squares on it mm, mm. and there's also two single finds of single pieces elsewhere on Bursay. one of them's found at the church at Bursay, and i forget where the other one is but they're not with the board okay coppergate at york yeah there's a wooden board been found at 15 squares 15 by 15 which is a massive board it that's that pretty big yeah huge because usually they're 11 or 13 and a 15 square board is mm. a huge huge thing so one of the things that makes me alternately very happy because it was found and very mad because of the way it was found yeah. was a complete set of tafel pieces was found last month, September 2020, okay. in Lincolnshire. And there are there have been archaeological excavations at Torxey, which is where the great what was called the Great Heathen Army yeah. overwintered at Torxey. Huge amount of gaming pieces and dice. Mm-hmm. But huge amount of tuffle pieces found at Torxy, just odd bits yeah. where they've lost a piece or they've buried a piece. But they're making them out of lead. Wow. 
instead of like bone or ivory or antler or anything else, they're making them out of lead. Yeah. And last month, September 2020, there was a complete set of tarful pieces found by a metal detectorist. Okay. At Torxy. Now, I, I can imagine, as an archaeologist, what that must have done to the archaeologists who've been working on that site for years. Miffed? Beyond miffed. Incandescently uh. miffed. Because what he did was he took it to an auction house and sold it. Some strap ends and some Viking, other bits and pieces of Viking metalwork, but complete set of gaming pieces. And he just sold it? Yeah. Starting price at auction was eight hundred pounds. That's they just... were looking for a thousand, and I was just like, "I, I can't." And yet, the, the cultural and historical value of that was unreal. Yeah. But he's taken it out of context, so we've no idea where he found it, what condition he found it in, what pieces oh. were next to other things, whether he found them in, in with anything else. That he'll just have scrapped along the way. Are there any deeply terrible things that can be done to him? Oh, I can wish him an exceptionally poor night's sleep for the rest of his entire life. (laughs) I think that's probably the (laughs) safest thing I can throw at him right now. But yeah, it was found last month at Torxy and went, went to auction and was sold. And do we know where it is now? No idea. Probably in the hands of a private collector. Which is just a piece of history that we've lost. Thanks, metal detectorist. Thanks, metal detectorist. So, looking at most of the the games, you'll know right at the back of the beginning of this episode, we talked about Tafel being a word for board games. Yes, because they had more than one. Mm. There is an Irish variant, and there's a Welsh version, and there's a Breton version. There's the the version that's Scandinavian and there's an Anglo-Saxon. There's a, a massive board that is an Anglo-Saxon version that's, I don't know, twice as big. It's huge. Okay. Different arrangements of, like, different starting arrangements when you go into the game. Yeah. So the other thing that they would have had, so the other game that they were introduced to was chess. Oh, yeah. I've heard and of it. And this is the 11th and 12th centuries, so this is late on. Hmm. And you've got a king in Krokarev's saga who is gifted with a chessboard, mm. specifically a chessboard. So they have Skaktafel, which is chess, and Neventafel, which is king's table. Yeah. Both board games. What, what was chess, the chess one called? Skaktafel. Skaktafel, okay. I, I know, horrendous pronunciation. Skaktafel. So the king's gifted with a, a board in ivory, in that saga, okay, uh, a chessboard in ivory. Mm. So again, they they suddenly realise they've got this what they call the chase a chase game like Tafel, yeah, or they've got a battle game like chess. Okay, now chess is it's possible it's come to the Vikings and the the northern Scandinavian peoples through the fact that they used to go to Copenhagen, yeah, and they might have brought the game back up with them. Okay, and again, you find boards and I think probably the most famous set of chessmen from that era is the Isle of Lewis chessmen. With the 
shield biting with the most they are just the most cute berserkers i have yes. ever seen yes. the shield biters from the isle of lewis chess set are just they make me smile every time they are just glorious little characters yeah and i think it was was it last year or the year before they found another isle of lewis chess man oh, okay a single piece that had been locked in a drawer in an old furniture piece for years oh wow and when the furniture piece was gifted they opened this drawer up and found a chess man that would little have, dude would have belonged to the isle of little Lewis. chess dude yeah i as far as i understand it's not a complete set it's got an odd number of pieces and much like a lot of the taffle sets that we find where they're missing pieces yeah or they've got um I think there's one find where they've got like a lower number of pieces, but they've got two kings in there. Oh, okay. And you're like, how does that work? Unless they were carrying a spare. I mean, they could have been oh, carrying a spare. Know. I don't think you can promote a pawn to a king anyway. No, so. Wrong game. Go up the ladder. <laughs> Turn it into a queen. No. Slide down the snake. Yeah. <laughs> Do not pass go. So, yeah, it's... It kind of blows my mind a bit that they were not only focused very much on the militaristic skills during the summer and then the being prepared for the winter and making sure everything's done, making sure you've got enough firewood, making sure you've got all your tools are sharp and you're on out, all your animals are okay. But once all that's done, what do you spend your evenings doing? You spend them learning strategy games. Yeah, makes and sense. And your elites, your nobles, your yarls are expected to be very very good at these games because they're the ones who have time to devote to being able to learn them yeah so yeah it's i know now you can get what they call confusingly they will call it viking chess okay board games of tafel hmm. and the set i have has a, cl a cloth board that rolls up okay and little resin pieces awesome and you can get you know, like chess sets, you can get very plain sets, you can get very ornate sets, you can get wooden boards, you can get wooden boards edged with metal, like some of the finds that they found. Glass? Yeah, you can get glass pieces. I love there's glass a, stuff. Um, there's a, a chap, Tillerman Beads, Mike Paul at Tillerman Beads, has done replicas of some of the Burka taffle pieces. Oh, wow. And they are just gorgeous. Yeah absolutely beautiful we'll drop the links into the description like we usually do go have a nosy round mm -hmm. there are uh, there is a twitter account and a website that is dedicated to taffel oh. and the variants of taffel okay. and keeping it going and there was a chap in is it the faroe islands yeah in 2008 who started reviving taffel Okay. And getting a group together to play. And there is now a World Quick Play Tavel Championships held up there every year in the Faroe Islands. Wow. And it's done under the auspices of, like, the Faroe Tavel Council or whatever it is. Okay. Is where Tavel players will go to learn it. And it's called Quick Play because you have about 10 seconds to make a move. Ooh! Ooh! You can also get now... Computer games, just like you can get computerised chess and you can take it up difficulty levels, you yeah. can get computerised tafel. And I happen to know that somebody not sat huge distances away from me around the virtual campfire has spent the last few days getting to grips with a computerised version of tafel. They have, and 
is completely blown away by the idea that there there are games where you have to make a move in 10 seconds because (laughs) I have sat there scratching my head. (laughs) Yes, I have had a go at um, Viking chess on the computer. Mm. It is hard as nails. It took me an awful long time to try to get out of thinking of it like chess Mm. because it, it isn't chess. You can call it Viking chess all you want, but it's not chess. It's not even slightly. It's It's like a whole board covered in rooks. Essentially, yeah. Every piece will can go in a straight line, X or Y. Mm. Um, There's no diagonals. There's no taking a piece by dropping one piece onto another like you do with chess. Oh, okay. You have to, to take a piece, you have to flank it. So you have to get a horizontal or vertical... um, line of three the piece you want to take in the middle with two of yours one of yours on either side so of it. no spaces between no spaces okay no nothing you have to get your 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 little dudes on either side of the dude you want to eliminate okay there are a couple of other rules as well there are the idea is for the defenders to to get the central piece their king yeah to escape to one of the corners oh, okay yeah to one of the corner squares and that's that's their their objective your objective is to as the attacker is to stop them Okay. And to obviously wipe out the... To capture the king. But you have to capture the king by surrounding him. It's so much more... <laughs> I mean, chess is chess is complex to play if you... You know, it's, it's one of these ones where they say, you know, the rules are very easy to learn, but it's very difficult to master the game. Mm. Um, and Tafel, after a few days of, of having, having a go at that, it's... You can spend so long just chasing around... And the thing about it, it, it will it will lash its tail at you if you you think you've won. You've I mean there have been occasions <laughs> where I've reduced the the defenders to the king and one piece, mm. and I still suddenly lose, and I don't know how. <laughs> so yes, it it's might quite... take a few more days for us then. I think yes, I think uh, I, I think I'm improving, but it's going to take a while. Yeah, I understood you had your first win today. I did actually manage to win a game today. Woohoo! Yes. Um, Rash I for Kate. Yeah, I managed to I managed to eliminate all the defending. I've only played as the attacker so far. Yeah, but I managed to eliminate all the defending pieces and then capture the king and, and basically nail him to one of the walls. <laughs> and right. surround him, Stay. and that was that was him got rid of. But, yeah, but it was a long game because I, like I say, I, I, I had to wear it down to, to <laughs> you know, to absolutely nothing, just the king. And that mm. was it. So yeah, it is doable. Yeah, and I've just had a little bit of a memory sparked off with you saying attackers and defenders mm. of Terry Pratchett's book Thud. Yes, and the game in that having dwarves and trolls, and it. I think it's based on tough. I think it is, yes. Yeah. So, lovely listeners, we've kind of come full circle from wherever the heck we started. <laughs> I can't remember. Somewhere. <laughs> it's been a long day. And all of it, in, in all of this, I could have made reference... What's the whole Vulcan chess game thing going on? I was on just going to say... Yeah. All of this, I've been, I've been sort of looking out for Star Trek references, and it's never once had have I thought to throw in three D chess, or four D chess, or whatever you call it. It was chess they used to play on yeah, the Enterprise. On different have chess on different levels. Yeah. Yeah. They were playing it in disco as well. Were they? Yeah. Oh, and it was set in Spock's quarters, I think. Of course, there was. Yes, he trashed it, didn't he? Yeah. Because he got a bit emotional at one point. And there's a set in. There used to be a set in Michael's quarters on the disco, and there's a set in 
I think there's a set in Spock's quarters on the Enterprise. Ah. Okay, the set, fair they're set in the original series canteen. Yeah. Because they sit there and play. They play every now and again. In they there. do. Yeah, they do. So. Yeah. I'm going to leave you with that image of like Spock balancing a board on his knees and getting all emotional and standing <laughs> up with pieces going everywhere. <laughs> Lovely listeners. We're going to leave you with that lovely image. But yes, if you want to go and explore King's Table for yourself, there are now board games you can get. We will stick some links to articles and to sites where you can go and study this stuff for yourself. I think for me, it speaks of the moderation and the balance. Yeah. And the fact that it's a strategy game that you then learn alongside the militaristic skills, alongside the trade, negotiation, being able to do boasting, being able to do flighting, being able to do wrestling, horse riding, being able to master all of those skills. They put strategy games high up in that list Mm. that you need to be able to, to do. If you want to be able to look up this game for yourself, bearing in mind that the modern rules that we have now are ones that were tweaked from a set of 17th century observations by a guy who didn't speak the language. So what I've been playing might be nothing to do with. Might be nothing to do with, (laughs) but it's probably the closest we're going to get. It's probably the closest we're going to get now. And there are variations that you can try. If you find that you've mastered one variation of it, then maybe look at some of the others that are out there as well. Lovely listeners, we will leave you in a gaming mood biscuit tins around here somewhere just help yourself (laughs) chill out around the virtual campfire we will talk to you all next time for episode 94 of frithcast in two weeks two weeks time two weeks time contain your little excitements (laughs) if you would like to find us online I'm Suzanne Martin. You can find me on Facebook under that name you can also find me on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans and I have a fairly limited online uh, activity. I am um, usually hanging around in the Discord channel. Yeah, um, we have a Discord channel. But I can always be contacted through Suzanne if you want to say anything to me. Yeah. We do have a website on Facebook called Frithcast Pod. Mm-hmm. And we also have a Discord channel if you want to come out and hang out with other lovely listeners around the world. We have a text channel in there. We sometimes pop in and arrange to do like virtual meetups in there with people and we just go and have a chat and yeah. we chill out around the virtual campfire. If you would like to come and join us, you are very, very welcome. It would be good to see you. Lovely listeners, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode and we will talk to you all next time. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.